0: You just arrived to your professor's office hours with 10 minutes left. There's time for one question, and your professor has to answer quickly, but clearly and accurately so you understand. Welcome to Cali Laudables, your audio law professor. Today you asked Professor Edward Butterfoss of Hamlin University School of Law about a suspect's right to legal counsel. The right to counsel in situations where the police are seeking information from a suspect is an unending source of confusion for my criminal procedure students. And really, it is no wonder why. Most confusing is that there really are two rights to counsel in that context. The Fifth Amendment right to counsel from Miranda and the Sixth Amendment right to counsel. And each raises a host of issues. While these rights may overlap and even share some common rules, they really are separate rights and need to be dealt with that way. In some settings, they both apply but in many settings only one applies. I've developed a checklist to help determine whether each right applies and to identify the various issues that may arise relating to each right. I ask myself the following questions. When does the right apply? Second, what government conduct is prohibited once the right applies? Three, is the right crime specific? That is, does the right apply to all crimes for which the police may be seeking information from the suspect, or is it limited to particular crimes? Four, what is required to demonstrate a waiver of the right? Five, when does the Edwards No Initiation Rule apply? Six, does the right apply to undercover agents? And seven, is evidence obtained in violation of the right admissible to impeach the defendant's testimony at trial? Let's walk through each question and examine how the answer may differ depending on what right, the fifth or the sixth amendment right to counsel, we are applying. Keep in mind the purposes of each right. The Fifth Amendment right to counsel is designed to protect suspects from the coercive atmosphere of custodial interrogation. It is the creation of the Miranda decision. The Sixth Amendment right to counsel is designed to prevent government interference with the relationship between a defendant and her trial counsel. With these purposes in mind, let's answer the questions. First, what is the trigger for the right? When does it apply? The trigger for the Fifth Amendment right to counsel is custody and interrogation. When a suspect is in custody, the suspect is entitled to the presence of counsel during questioning unless he waives that right. If these triggers, custody and interrogation, as defined by Miranda, are not present, the Fifth Amendment right to counsel does not apply. The trigger for the Sixth Amendment right to counsel is different and reflects the focus on the relationship between the defendant and her trial counsel. The trigger for the Sixth Amendment right to counsel is the point at which the investigatory process changes to an adversarial process. This occurs when the defendant is indicted, formally charged, arraigned, or appears at a preliminary hearing or similar proceeding. Until that point, the Sixth Amendment right to counsel does not apply. So, always check whether the right to counsel has been triggered, custody and interrogation for the Fifth Amendment right, indictment, formal charge, arraignment, or similar proceeding for the Sixth Amendment right. The next question is, once the right applies, what police conduct is prohibited? The prohibition for the Fifth Amendment right is identified by the triggers. If a suspect is in custody, the police may not interrogate him without informing him of his right to counsel and obtaining a waiver. This is the basic Miranda rule. Remember, interrogation is not just express questioning, but also words or actions that the officer should have known were reasonably likely to elicit an incriminating response. The prohibition for the Fifth Amendment right to counsel is somewhat broader. Once triggered, police may not deliberately elicit information from the defendant, at least not without counsel present or a waiver by the defendant. Notice the focus for the Sixth Amendment right is on the intent, deliberately elicit, rather than on the effect, reasonably likely to elicit, as for the Fifth Amendment right. And also notice that unlike the Fifth Amendment right to counsel, police conduct that implicates the right frequently occurs when the suspect is not in custody. So again, the prohibition for the Sixth Amendment right to counsel is that once the right is attached, the police may not deliberately elicit information from the defendant without the presence of counsel or a waiver. The next question is one of the trickiest issues when dealing with the Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights to counsel. Is the right crime or offense specific? The answer for the Fifth Amendment right to counsel is no. When a suspect is in custody, the Fifth Amendment right to counsel applies to any and all crimes the police want to question the suspect about. If a suspect is in custody for crime A, say drug possession, the Fifth Amendment right also applies for crime B, say murder. The police cannot question the suspect about any crime without informing him of his right to counsel and obtaining a waiver. The answer is the opposite for the Sixth Amendment right. The Sixth Amendment right to counsel is crime-specific. The right only attaches to the crime for which the defendant has been formally charged, indicted, arraigned, etc. And be careful here. What constitutes the same crime or offense is defined very narrowly. The court uses the Blockburger test from Double Jeopardy. If each crime requires proof of an element that the other does not, they are considered different crimes, even if they arose out of the same factual transaction. This crime-specific character of the Sixth Amendment right to counsel is one place in particular where you can easily get tripped up on an exam question on an exam before you find a Sixth Amendment violation be sure to double check whether the defendant has been indicted, arraigned, formally charged, etc. for that particular offense. If not, the Sixth Amendment right to counsel simply is not implicated and there cannot be a violation. So far, the answers to each of these questions have been very different for the Fifth and the Sixth Amendment right to counsel. For the next couple questions, the answer is the same or very similar for both rights. I've mentioned several times that certain conduct is prohibited by the Fifth or Sixth Amendment right to counsel unless the right is waived by the suspect. That leads to the question, what is required to demonstrate a waiver? The answer is the same for both the Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights. The usual Miranda waiver procedure suffices. I'm not going to go into specifics of the Miranda waiver procedure. For our purposes, the point is that the normal Miranda waiver process is sufficient for both the Fifth Amendment and Sixth Amendment right to counsel. In other contexts, the Sixth Amendment right to counsel requires a much more elaborate procedure. But in the setting of police seeking information from the suspect, the usual Miranda procedures suffice. Now we turn to one of the most important aspects of both the Fifth Amendment and Sixth Amendment right to counsel. When does the Edwards No Initiation Rule apply? Until now, the rules we've been reviewing apply whenever the particular right has been triggered. The Edwards Rule deals with police efforts to obtain information following an assertion of the right to counsel by the suspect. So, the initial trigger must be met, and the suspect must have also asserted the right. The Edwards No Initiation Rule was developed in the Fifth Amendment context. for the Fifth Amendment right to counsel, the Edwards Rule states that if, following Miranda warnings, the suspect unambiguously requests counsel, the police questioning must cease and cannot be resumed unless the suspect initiates a further communication or conversation that demonstrates his willingness to talk to the police. The Edwards No Initiation Rule is very broad. It applies to questioning about different crimes, by different police officers and even different police agencies, and even if the suspect has met with counsel since asserting his right. There are special rules regarding Edwards that I'm not going to go into in detail. For our purposes, the important point is that for Fifth Amendment right to counsel, the Edwards No Initiation Rule applies when the suspect unambiguously requests counsel following Miranda warnings. What about for the Sixth Amendment right to counsel? A recent Supreme Court case, Montejo v. Louisiana, has made the answer similar to that for the Fifth Amendment right to counsel the Edwards no initiation rule applies to the Sixth Amendment right to counsel only if the defendant has asserted her right in a custodial interrogation setting. Prior to Montejo, the Edwards rule applied for Sixth Amendment purposes if the defendant requested counsel at her arraignment, preliminary hearing, etc. But now, although the basic Sixth Amendment right to counsel still attaches and applies at that point, the Edwards no initiation rule only applies if the suspect asserts a right to counsel in a custodial interrogation setting. What does this mean in practice? Once the sixth amendment right has attached an indictment, arraignment, etc., the police may not deliberately elicit information from the defendant, but they may initiate contact with the defendant in order to seek a waiver. However, once the defendant requests counsel in a custodial interrogation setting, not in a court proceeding, the police may not approach the suspect To seek a waiver, the defendant must initiate the conversation or communication leading to the waiver. We have two more questions to answer. Do the Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights to counsel apply to undercover police agents? For the Fifth Amendment right to counsel, the answer is no. The right does not apply to undercover agents. The purpose of the Fifth Amendment right to counsel is to protect the suspect from the coercive environment of custodial interrogation. If the suspect does not know the person he is talking to is a government agent, the atmosphere simply is not coercive, even if the suspect is in custody. The situation arises most often when the police place an informant or undercover officer in the suspect's jail cell. The Fifth Amendment right to counsel does not apply in this setting. The undercover agent is free to question the suspect. The answer is the opposite for the Sixth Amendment right to counsel. The Sixth Amendment right to counsel does apply to undercover agents. If the defendant's Sixth Amendment right has attached for a specific crime, the government may not deliberately elicit information about that crime through undercover agents. This issue typically arises in two situations. In the first... The police, once again, place an undercover agent in the defendant's cell. The undercover agent cannot deliberately elicit information concerning a crime for which the defendant has been charged. But be careful. The agent may simply listen to what the defendant says without prompting from the agent, the so-called listening post scenario. And the agent may deliberately elicit information concerning crimes for which the defendant has not been formally charged, arraigned, etc. In the second scenario, a police informant, Whereas a wire when meeting with the defendant who is not in custody. She's out on bail, for instance, or has been indicted but never taken into custody. The same rules apply as if the defendant were in custody and the informant was an agent in her cell. The agent may simply listen to what the defendant says without prompting, and the agent may deliberately elicit information concerning crimes for which the defendant has not been formally charged, indicted, arraigned, etc. The final question is whether statements obtained in violation of the Fifth and Sixth Amendment right to counsel can be used to impeach the defendant's testimony at trial we end with an easy answer. Yes, in both instances. We've covered a lot of information. Let's quickly review what we've learned from the Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights to counsel in the context of police seeking information from the suspect. First, the Fifth Amendment right to counsel. What is the trigger? Custody and interrogation. What is the prohibition? Interrogation without Miranda warnings and a waiver. Is the right crime specific? No, it applies to all crimes. What is required for a waiver? The usual Miranda procedures. When does the Edwards No Initiation Rule apply? When the suspect unambiguously requests counsel following Miranda warnings. Does the right apply to undercover agents? No. Can evidence obtained in violation of the right be used to impeach? Yes. And the 6th Amendment right to counsel? What is the trigger? Indictment, information, formal charge, preliminary hearing, or arraignment for that particular crime. What is the prohibition? Deliberately eliciting information from the defendant about that crime in any setting, not only in custody. Is the right crime-specific? Yes. It only applies to the crime for which the defendant has been indicted, arraigned, etc., and the crime is defined narrowly using the Blockburger Test. What is required for a waiver? The usual Miranda procedures suffice. When does the Edwards No Initiation Rule apply? When the defendant requests counsel in a custodial interrogation setting, not in a judicial proceeding. Does the right apply to undercover agents? Yes. Can evidence obtained in violation of the right be used to impeach? Yes. Wow, that's a lot of information. The right to counsel as a Fifth Amendment right and the Sixth Amendment right raises a lot of issues. But if you treat them separately and work your way through the seven-question checklist we reviewed, you should be able to successfully identify and know how to deal with most of the issues. Thanks, Professor Butterfoss. Butables are produced and distributed by Cali. That's the Center for Computer Assisted Legal Instruction. You can find more Laudables at www.cali.org/laudables you can send your questions and feedback to laudables at cali.org. That's L-A-W-D-I-B-L-E-S at cali with a C org. The Laudable theme music is Ask Me No Question by Learning Music. Laudables are for educational purposes only. Please seek an attorney if you need legal advice.